0: practically middle aged chef calls us outlaws
1: Eu... Adam's just told me that he now only wants to watch AEW from now on and all (laughs) WWE is dead. He's cancelled his network and um, he's, he's, um, he's putting money into Impact Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to episode 20 of the Middle Aged Outlaws podcast. Today we're veering off course from our 1998 journey and we are taking in our first ever AEW pay-per-view. We're taking in AEW All Out 2021, which just happened on Sunday night and I am still recovering. Adam, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I I mean, I haven't thrown off my
0: sleep pattern quite as much as, you know, my, my co-host, but yeah, good, yeah.
1: Excellent. How many times have you, have you just watched it
0: once? I've just watched it once, straight through. Uh, I took, I think, one pause at a point, but yeah. Yeah. That's
1: this impressive. Is a, 4 this hour pa- is going to be fun hour they,
0: I had no idea when I started it that it was going to be as long as that. I don't mm. know why. I just thought it'll be a couple of hours or something like that. I was quite surprised when I saw the the time, but uh, it didn't necessarily feel
1: like it took that long, so that's a good sign. I agreed. I was looking over the, um, the length of time of each match, um, they're really well paced, and I'm sure yeah. we'll get into that. But um, I think the longest match was the Jericho MGF match, which was like 21 minutes. Yeah. Um, which surprised me, especially that um, the tag match felt like it was maybe one for like 45 minutes, and it was like just over 20 minutes. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should we just go for it? Should we go right in? There's no, there's no uh, need for go home sh- uh, shows. Or anything yep. like that. We've we've just done the pay per view, um, yep, So let's go for it. Or our, our, your, certainly, you're very sort of first exposure at watch, watching an AEW show, was not it? Yes, uh, I think
0: I'd I'd seen the clip of CM Punk appearing, um, but this is it's it's the first show I've actually sat down and watched.
1: And from my point, I've I've dipped in and out of episodes of Dynamite. Um, I've been watching Rampage since it started it's only had three episodes so far but I really like the one hour format sort of uh, quick in and out get some really good matches and storyline stuff and, and that's it Um, and I, I don't want to make this a, like a bashing WWE episode at all Um, but when you hear Nick Khan that interview we had I think it was the one with Ariel Helwani and he said he would like Raw to be four hours <laughs> wow it's just yeah it's just crazy um, yeah okay so let's let's start um, we have got our uh, commentary team of Excalibur JR and Tony Schiavone. Um yep. what did you think of them just generally throughout the night
0: uh, it's it's quite a funny team because you, you know you know the voice of JR so well um and i know the voice of tony Schiavone pretty well excalibur was brand new to me i actually think he's really good mm-hmm. um i was i was impressed uh i don't know what the story is behind him wearing a mask and all that um and i don't know really anything about him but i thought just from a you know calling the action point of view i, I was impressed i thought he did a good job
1: yeah me too i think he's really good um i think uh, when you show him on camera he looks a bit funny yeah, um, but I don't know the story behind the mask either. But um it's an odd combination. Like you say, you've got you've almost got three play by play and no mm-hmm. colour. Um yeah. and then on other matches you've got uh, Mark Henry and you've got Jericho on I think on Rampage. Mm-hmm. You, you've got them doing colour, so they've got an interest, they've got you know they've got quite a lot of different sort of talents, but this worked yeah. for me perfectly for the pay per view. Um yeah. is great. Every now and then, it's like J- JR and Chavoni are like two old mates watching the wrestling, and every now and again, Excaliburs try to get them to to watch the wrestling and and uh, focus a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's quite it's quite funny because they do have. It's not really a habit of going off on tangents or anything like that, but I do feel like it's the the young guy, the new voice, that is trying to hold it all together,
1: mm-hmm. which is quite quite good. Come on, guys! Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, JR went to the shades off. Um, well, a little too many times in this pay-per-views, <laughs> it's reminiscent, clearly. Yeah. So we started off with the very first match um, for the TNT title. We had Eddie Kingston versus Miro, who is the former Rusev. Yeah. Um, no, there's no huge backstory to this, really. Um, Kingston, Kingston was pissed off at. Uh, um, Miro had beat up someone that Kingston was friendly with uh, Fuego del Sol um, only like last week um, okay. Miro's going on this whole God's favourite champion gimmick which is brilliant for him I think Yeah. Um, and, and Kingston Kingston asked for the match that's, that's basically it and he was talking about he's got to redeem his soul that's why Kingston's got the redeem these nuts t-shirt okay. which is good Okay, um, So that's, yeah, short backstory, story. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, for me, this is a cracking way to start a pay-per-view. Um, I think on paper it probably does not look it, but these two big bulls clashing was just a really good way to start a pay-per-view. What did you think of it?
0: Yeah, I, I liked it. Uh, Eddie Kingston wasn't a name... I was familiar with. I'll probably say this a few times as, as we go through tonight. Um, obviously, I know Miro from, from the WWE days. Uh, I was immediately struck by the shape that he's in. Um, Miro? Yeah. he looks, yeah, he looks yeah. unbelievable, doesn't he? He does. Um, and he, he always was one of those that you felt like was being a little bit underutilised uh, <laughs> where he was. Um, the first thing that struck me about it is... Um, they're the 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 commentary team, I think, do a really good job putting both guys over. Mm. Um, I don't think there's any indication that one guy should feel inferior in this bout, which there there very often is, uh, in in other title matches that I've seen. Um, I thought it was pretty physical, um, decent pace, decent tempo, and all that. Um, both guys can can obviously work well. Um the thing that struck me right from this and it actually struck me all the way through much as there are a few funny comments from the announcers and all that they actually right through the show focus on the match at hand mm-hmm. Um, there isn't I always felt like and I know this was the case in the old WCW days as well as WWE it's like they're trying to sell you the main event when you've already bought the show, mm. um, and they, they they talk about other matches while one's taking place. I didn't think they did that really at all through this show. I felt like the focus was on the match, which which is good, which is what you want. That's
1: really interesting.
0: Um, yeah, I I, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it, it was competitive. It made Eddie Kingston look on a par with Miro, um, especially the you know the way the finish happened. I did worry a little bit with the way the finish happened, that is this going to be like a theme for the show? Mm-hmm. But I was pleasantly surprised uh, as we go on through the other matches. But um yeah, I suppose it, it sets it up for for this to be, you know, a, a programme with a couple more matches potentially between the two.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um Something that I really like about AEW is the, you know, when Justin Roberts is announcing the match, he'll tell you there's a time limit. 20-minute mm-hmm. time limit for these TNT title matches. Um, that's something brand new. They used to do that in the old days, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, sorry, go on. I also like the the win-loss record
0: thing. Um, I remember hearing, I think it was right near the start of when AEW launched, that this was going to be a, a factor, you know, it would make sense to you why somebody was getting a match somebody was getting a title match and so and so and so and so because you know guys should have a decent win-loss record if they're being put in a in a title picture mm-hmm. type thing Um so i did know i can't remember what they were going into this but for i think for each match all the way through apart from maybe the multi uh participant ones it, it gave you a win-loss record for the participants which i like because how long have we felt like wins and losses don't mean anything um, when, yeah. when watching other shows?
1: Yeah, and, and they're there's clearly sticking to it. Obviously, Christian came in um, how long ago now, and, and this is him in the title picture. Now he's had to, and they're very adamant, he's had to work his way up and win mm-hmm. matches. Um, I think it's admirable and uh, it's a good principle to have, especially if you're going to have it, keep it there for everyone. We'll see what they do with Brian um, or Danielson. Um, but yeah, I think it's a good, a good thing to have in place. I think Miro's yeah. undefeated. Um, yeah. and in AEW, he had a hell of a match with Darby Allen, um, to win this title on okay. Dynamite. Um, and he's like, when he first came in, they had this sort of goofy gimmick, um, where he was like a gamer. Um, right. And I've heard people say, oh, they, they did that so that it came across as underwhelming. And then the plan was always to spin into this God's Favourite Champion gimmick, which sounds um, very apologetic. <laughs> I don't know if that was ever the case <laughs> or no, but this gimmick yeah. suits him perfect. And like you say, he's an incredible shape. Um, yeah. Just look like an absolute monster. Yeah. Um, and Kingston, for his part, played that sort of never say die um, Roll perfectly as well, and he was never really out of it. Yeah. Um. They they'd made some references on the previous show to him. He was gonna. They they talked about Miro's neck being his kryptonite, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. And some of the suplexes that that Kingston was hitting were brilliant. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So you mentioned the sort of finicky finish with the. Uh, What's his name? Um, Kingston pulls the ring pad off the turnbuckle almost by mistake. Um, And the referee's messing about trying to get that back. He won't let them use the exposed turnbuckle when he's trying to put that back on. Miro hits a a heel like low blow um, and sticks Kingston in his version of the camel clutch. And I believe that 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 was the finish. That was a, I I don't know, I just like that as a, Yes, it was heelish and I know you were saying it was ho- a little bit hokey but it was eventually, you know, like that sort of clean give up finish. So, um.
0: Yeah, uh, I, th- I thought it worked. Uh, I-, I noticed it was, uh, I-, I quite like this, that the ref was getting quite a lot of heat from the crowd uh-huh. for uh, not being in position to count uh, when-, when Kingston had uh, Miro down. Um, yeah, I, I think... The the, the, worry, the the only reason I worried about the finish was because we have sat through some shows where there's a, a, not a clean finish in basically every single match. Uh-huh. Um, and this, you know, it is a clean finish. There's a little bit of shenanigan, a heel manoeuvre to, to get him over the line, basically. Um, which I, I, I'm fine with when, you know, it's not happening in every match.
1: Totally. Um, yeah, so I, I thought a good way to start us off. Um, and, and Miro gets that, that win And he continues on his TNT Championship it Reminded me a little bit of what they were doing You know there's a lot of parallels I think with some of the stuff that we're watching in 1998 Just as we go through this show um, yeah. This certainly reminded me of The Booker T uh, run That he's on with his title Was that a TV yeah. TV Championship Yeah yeah, that's right yeah. Um, So yeah Second match um, was a man that we are familiar with and a man that we're not so familiar with um, To Satoshi Kojima versus John Moxley yep. um, a, a, there's a, a little part of me felt like we were seeing the same match again Um. a little bit uh, I don't know if it was just because Kingston does those in, you know the quick succession chops um, yeah. and then Kojima was doing the same and Moxley, uh, I don't know if you've seen much of Moxley since he's been in AEW, but he's a completely different looking guy. He's an absolute tank now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I hadn't to be honest. I mean, I, I I remember him because by I think by the the end of his WWE contract, he was quite slimmed down. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. um, and it is a really different look. It's quite um, like quite shocking how how different he looks now. Um, I've I've read more than I've actually seen. You know, I've heard about some of the matches he's he's been having and things like that, which just sound absolutely crazy. Um, I liked his his intro. I quite like him coming through the crowd. I think that fits with him mm. well. I think it was wild thing. Yeah, was, I, love, uh, I love that that was playing and the the crowd were singing along with it. I thought that yeah, that just
1: seemed like quite a good fit for him. I really love that. So I don't know if I mentioned this. Him and Kingston are kind of like a partnership. Um, right, and their gimmick, like t- uh, tying in with that sort of never say die attitude, is like fight anybody, anywhere, anytime, sort of thing. Okay, and that's definitely since Moxley's uh, left WWE and had a bit more freedom to to go wrestle wherever he wants, sort of thing. That seems to be his thing that he's, he'll turn up and you know, like he'll turn up in death match. Uh, yeah environments, he'll turn up in New Japan, he's had a lot of matches in New Japan um, and, and obviously that's where this match with Kojima come from um, so yeah um, what do you think of the match overall?
0: Uh, I, I, I quite enjoyed it um, it was probably not, not one of my favourites on the card, but I thought it put uh, Moxley over for what I assume they're doing with him. And, you know, it's interesting listening to what you're saying about the character that he's portraying here. Um, he, he, he seems to be performing in ring quite different as well from what I remember from the way he used to perform. Um, quite a, a brawler style. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, the, the, the sort of never never quit, never give up thing comes across. I'd probably be interested to see how they play that off when he's in a bit more jeopardy than he seemed to be in in this one. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think I I really thought that he was ever at risk of losing this match. I thought he basically when they come out, I think he's gone over here. But part of that's maybe slight ignorance to not really knowing who the other guy is. Mm. Um I liked the respectful slant they played on it as well. Um, you know, it's the the end of a, a match and he's won and he was expected to win, but there's still a lot of respect being given to the opponent, which I think, you know, if if you are going to have a never-turn-down-a-fight type character, you, you would expect there to be a level of respect there as well. So I thought that all made sense. Yeah. Um. I didn't think in-ring it was the, the most interesting and exciting match on the card, but I thought, I thought it was fine it was obviously they the potentially looking at what happened at the end of the match had uh, had a plan built in for for moving forward with uh, who he's going to be in a programme with next.
1: Yeah, I just looked up Kojima's age, he's 50. All right. okay. He looked in fairly good shape and he was moving about there. Um, you know, he's pretty agile. Yeah. Uh, he was playing better shape than Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give me two minutes? Sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Ah, of course. One, and we're back Adam was just getting a phone call from um, the Yakuza after not knowing who <laughs> uh, Satoshi Kojima is um, yeah, I wouldn't make that mistake again <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember I honestly don't remember where we were but you were, you'd were you been talking about the respect thing um, yep. and it, it very much was like a kind of um, almost like certainly Moxley and you get this a lot like they're enjoying themselves really quite enjoying Knocking the shit to each other, uh, yeah. biting each other in the face, exchanging chops, exchanging punches. So, yeah, it's like a, a, a yeah another another version of what we got in that first match, but not to the point where you're like, let's fast forward or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that Moxley um, has the respect, he hit somewhere two paradigm shifts mm-hmm. um, to stick him away quite late as well. So yeah. Moxley gets the win um, and then we get our first surprise of the evening um, Again, I am ignorant to, to Minoru Min, Minoru Suzuki um, and, and I guess you are as well
0: I am, yeah The the announcers were certainly putting him over um, yeah. and I think he was get, getting a bit of a reaction from the crowd as well Yeah um, but yeah, it, it wasn't a name or a face that, that was familiar to me at all.
1: Some, some, yeah. I, he wants to have a word with his barber. That's the only thing I initially <laughs> thought. You're not like that, no. Nah, <laughs> nah. But um, I can't really talk about haircuts. So fair enough, mate. Go for go for yours. Um, yeah, like you say, they're talking him up. He, he did give off, I said this to you in text, he was giving off vibes of like really hard old man. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. If you're I didn't didn't he didn't he stare at him in the pub? Yeah. Fair he, point, I think, yeah. <laughs> Quite intimidating looking. Definitely. <laughs> um and clearly Moxley was was pretty intimidated by him. He had the wide eyes and the oh shit sort of look. Yeah. Um and he comes out and basically beats the shit out Moxley, yeah. hits him with a pile driver. Yeah. Um something that just sort of popped in my head John Moxley reminds me a wee bit of my, my girlfriend from high school um, they, they both seem to have this uncanny knack of attracting the attention of like elderly Asian gentlemen okay um, which <laughs> just was just a, a wee thought that, that popped into my head but uh, takes you back Adam good times <laughs> good times <laughs> yeah that was uh that was different. Okay. Yeah, okay. So after after Moxley getting the shit beat on by an old man, we come probably and I don't say this lightly, probably come to my favourite match of the evening. Y- yeah, I, uh, I, I I might well agree
0: with you here. I really enjoyed this. I thought this was great.
1: Right, let's see let's see if you've been watching. We had Chris Startlander. Versus Dr. Britt Baker. Adam. Uh, d- d- DMD. Oh, come on. DMD. Uh, uh, M- okay. Will we try it again or will we do it the next time? We'll do it the next time. Okay, okay. Um, you mentioned to me on text like, how, how over Baker is. Uh, and just how charismatic she is she's just uh, there's no other way to sort of describe it she's just like she's got it and Mm -hmm. the people know it and she knows it and AEW are using her perfectly Um, they were in Pittsburgh which is where she's from uh, a couple of weeks ago and the reception was similar to what Punk got in Chicago it was amazing yeah, I noticed. I think Punk referenced her in the in the reaction she got
0: in his speech that's right. yeah. when he'd come out. But I, I wasn't familiar with her at all. But as somebody that had never seen her on on screen or anything, that's um, she's definitely one of the most charismatic I've, I've seen. Because you're just kind of. You're you're drawn to the character, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind it's instant, really, um, and you you just think. Um, my thought immediately was, she's without knowing anything about her, was she's a star, yeah, um, and that's without the need for having seen anything before, which is pretty rare.
1: Impressive, aye. Something um, that I wa- well a couple of things. Something that I wasn't sure about was just what she was like in the ring. I've never seen her in the ring. Uh, mm-hmm. but I was blown away uh, both her and Chris Statlander were uh, yeah. amazing, worked really really well together um, quick question no Chris Statlander from the Andromeda Andromeda Galaxy um,
0: yeah I was also going to ask there's there's these guys in tracksuits just like standing behind giving her thumbs up and stuff when she's coming out Yeah, I didn't really know what that was about, I think is it there, there's someone at the ring with her and I did remember that or I'd recognised the name. Right. Um, so
1: so this was... That came out with her was the best friends. Okay. Um, they're like their little faction and the guy who was at ring with her is Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. and his gimmick is basically like a cannae be Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a shame he wasn't wrestling on this show for you to get some exposure, but... Like he wrestles with his hands in his pockets the whole match, and he does these like daft wee kicks to the shins and and stuff until he eventually realises that he can't be arsed and he starts starts going. Okay. okay. That sounds absolutely ridiculous, doesn't it? <laughs> but then he is at ringside with an alien, so. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That that was odd, but <laughs> uh, to be honest, I hadn't even. I'd heard the name Britt Baker before but I hadn't heard the name Chris Statlander Mm -hmm. Um, never even heard the name I thought she was really good in the ring she Uh, was very impressive yeah Uh, I think they built her up as undefeated as well Um, and you know undefeated against the reigning champion is you know if that feels right it it has a a fit to it Um, I assume I can't remember if they said but I assume this was the first title match between the two anyway Um, yeah And it was
1: just a a, a really good match, actually, all round. I thought everything about it was really good. Yeah, me too. Um, Do you notice that that Baker's got two heavies on the outside? Yes. So she's got this one. It's either Rebel or Reba, but she was like her original person, but she got injured. So she brought in the other one, the blonde-haired one, called Jamie Hater. Um, And she wrestled on either Rampage or Dynamite the week before this and she absolutely destroyed um, Red Velvet who was previously a number one contender Um, and I was laughing at Orange Cassidy sort of trying to stand up to her he's he's smaller than her um, (laughs) as she would have pulled his head off (laughs) I was kind of hoping that it might happen Um, what I think that they might end up doing is somewhere down the line Baker will end, you know, like she'll end up turning on Baker or, yeah. or something yeah. like that. I think that would make for, for a really good match. Mm-hmm. Makes sense as a story. So it's, it's good to have those uh, those seeds kind of in
0: the works nice
1: and early. Um, as far as like in ring work in this match, there's some, a lot of highlights. Um, at one point, Statlander is a uh, hits a superplex off a top rope. Yeah. Um, and it, it looks like she has to make some sort of um, yeah. change in the middle yeah. of it. And she, she's clearly holding, holding her. It's really impressive. Hmm. Yeah, it, it
0: it's one of those where watching it, it, it kind of worried me a little aye. because
1: you're not sure how, how safe it is
0: uh, and whether both are going to be alright when it lands uh, It seems to have been, seems to have been fine uh, but it did look like something had to be adjusted on the way That's aye,
1: aye. Um, And also, aye. Uh, Britt Baker hits the kerbstomp Miles, Seth Rollins should retire that move <laughs> um, because Baker hits that million times better. Do do you agree?
0: Yeah, she hit really well. Um,
1: it just really good timing of it. Yeah. It um, and she she hit a lovely looking Canadian destroyer off the second rope. That was her, our little uh, homage to to Adam Cole. Yeah, um, there was there was a move I noticed
0: that I just wrote down that was amazing. Um. Was it, was it referred to as a Pittsburgh Sunrise? Yeah, that's the same.
1: So I think that's a, that's the move. A you're Panama right. Sunrise,
0: right? Yeah. Okay, it, that looked amazing just <laughs> as a as
1: a spectacle of a move. It just looked brilliant. And she then went straight into a curb stomp after that, mm-hmm. um, and put this. You know, she had her glove and she did the lock jaw thing. I'd never seen the lock jaw before, so I was um, I wasn't sure what that was, but it looked mm. again looked quite impressive. But a mandible claw with um, yeah a bit of a cross face thrown in. Yeah. Um Yeah, I've written down here, I think that's the best women's match I've ever seen. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's true. but I do,
0: I, I always worry, it's, there's like a little bit of recency bias, but uh-huh. I, I can't think of one that, I like there's some that have been on a huge stage, there's some that have been a big spectacle, but I can't think of one that was just all round a better match.
1: Mm-hmm. Just technically a really good match. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, definitely, five stars, 25 milzer stars and two thumbs up from us. <laughs> um, so yeah, the hits keep on coming. Next one, TLC3. I was laughing, <laughs> I, I'd, messaged, I'd messaged you to say, I think that this was as good as TLC and you're like, hey now, calm down. <laughs> You just you kicked me into a freezing cold shower and told me to stay in there until I calmed down. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: It is good. It is very good. Um it was a enjoyable match, it was entertaining, some of it looked pretty brutal. Um the young bucks are very irritating, but that's the point. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot good about this. I think, I have a feeling if you now went back and watched one of the TLCs, you'd be like, oh, okay, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we're talking about Young Bucks defending their tag team titles against the Lucha Bros. Um, The whole gimmick point of the steel cage was because, as I'm sure you've probably worked out, that the elite members um, basically get Interfere in anything, Bucks or Kenny Amaker related. Yep. Um we've got their mate with the spray stuff, Brandon Cutler. Um, he's always getting involved spraying. You've got the good brothers coming in and getting involved in various matches. So, uh, Tony Khan's stipulation was stick them in a cage and um, it can be a fair fight.
0: Are they? Um So, the Good Brothers, who I recognised because they were on WWE a couple of years ago, are they actually on Impact? But I know there's a crossover between the two because I I was sure I'd heard they'd
1: gone to Impact. Aye, aye, they did. Aye, they're they're Impact. I think they're Impact Tag Champs. um, But basically, they're on AEW every week. Okay. Um, Yeah. Doors open now, I think. I think pretty much, obviously, Christian's Impact Champion, and. Um, wrestling in AEW and and he's been on Impact since winning that title and, and stuff. So uh, there's a lot of crossover stuff going on. Yeah,
0: that's that's and I like that. Um, it's just I occasionally get confused about who's where <laughs> and things like that. Right. Uh.
1: I think that's one of the things that can get confusing and like it's something that um, I think AEW are doing really well is is catering to the. To their hardcore fans that, that want to watch New Japan and mm-hmm. want to watch this and want to watch Impact and, uh, GCW, like wherever, um, and letting people cross over and it, it makes sense, I suppose, especially when, you know, like when you had the Indies where guys would wrestle one place one week and then, uh, mm-hmm. elsewhere. So, um, I think that is something that they do really well. But from a casual fans point of view, um, May get confusing a little bit if you've got guys who are on the show one week and not on it another week, and they've got different belts on and why are they wearing that. So, um, it'd be interested to see how they navigate that probe as their popularity grows. Yeah. Um, you contrast that to to WWE, and you have people coming in from NXT, and you know, like they've got a completely different look, or or, or they've got a different name. Uh, in yeah. the case of Piper Niven and um, whatever it was that they. They had her debut as, and they're they're saying, "Who is this?" And you know, like people are saying, "Well, we 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 do watch other <laughs> shows mm-hmm. that you yeah. own and, yeah. and produce." Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I think one of the big things about AEW is that they're treating fans with a bit of respect and not mm-hmm. treating them like idiots. And uh, so, yeah,
0: yeah, no, that it, it all makes sense to me, um, and it it's working for them. Um, Yeah, I think um, I probably, over the last couple of years, have read more than I've watched. And so you see things like such and such has signed for, you know, uh, Impact Mm -hmm. or uh, AEW or something like that. But uh, the the knowledge that they could then appear on an AEW show if they've signed for Impact, uh, it's quite exciting because you can... You can kind of fantasy book a bit totally. and you know it's very possible that it could happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um sorry, I went off on a bit of a wild <laughs> tangent there. You just asked me if they were signed to impact. Um <laughs> so hey, we've got Young Bucks, uh, who are the, the tag team champions, um against Lucha Bros, Penta L Zero yeah. and uh, and Ray Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Um and for for a wee while there Penta was I don't know if Phoenix was injured, um, but Penta was wrestling as a solo um, wrestler. He was involved in a program with Cody Rhodes, which was quite good. Um, And this guy that was with, that comes out with them, Alex uh, uh, Abrahant. I can't remember what his second name is. Um, Alex Abrahantes. Abrahantes, ego. Yeah. Um, He's like his translator, um, and they, they had this gimmick going where. Every single time he spoke, he would say, Penta says, um, it doesn't sound like much, but it was really over. Um, and this guy was, uh, he's got quite a good, uh, quite good charisma and stuff. It's quite good. Um, but I uh, yeah, since they've, since they've been involved in the tag, like, yeah, they need to stick together as a tag team as far as I'm concerned. They're, they're yeah. brilliant together. That's some entrance they had. Eh? It was, yeah.
0: I didn't um I didn't know beforehand whether AEW would would do like what would you call it? Like a special entrance or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, something a little bit different from the you know, a TV entrance. But um it was I hadn't really seen one like it, I don't think.
1: And it was cool. Uh dancers and all that. mm <laughs> it was It's quite cool. Um yeah. what you think of Nick Nick Jackson's um Hulk Hogan hair uh, facial hair? Um uh, annoying. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. I, I think he maybe had contact lenses on as well. He looked really weird. Yeah, I hate the young bucks' hair. I I know that it's a, like you say. I know it's a gimmick. The earrings, the hair, the stupid <laughs> head pieces and the cocky arrogant I mean walks. Yeah, the way the way they
0: walk is is enough to irritate you. So I suppose <laughs> they're they're doing something right uh, as a as a heel
1: team it's really difficult to describe this match. Um I've got a lot of notes but and there's a lot of exclamation marks. But <laughs> yeah, let's let's try and talk through some just the it was non-stop for, for this to be 20 minutes. It felt like mm-hmm. a hurricane. Um a a really aggressive violent hurricane. Um so so, let's try and have you have you got any highlights you specifically? What to pick out? I, I've I've not written off a lot of
0: detail. Like I wrote about how early on there's a lot of nice like tag team combination moves going, mm-hmm. and it's all at hundred miles an hour. Yep. Um, I did write. It's it's almost at risk of being a spot fest, uh-huh. but in in the fact that I, I must have been pretty confident looking ahead to what was to come. But I said uh, being. Again, the the only match on the card that's like that, I, I don't feel like it. It's annoying me the same way as it would if the previous match had been similar, or there were two matches on the card like to- that. Totally, a hundred percent
1: agree with you. Um,
0: yeah, the the, the pace. I, I I was. This is one of the matches where I was really surprised when I checked the time. Um, Twenty two minutes and. They're going hundred miles an hour for almost all of it. Mm-hmm. Both teams. Um, I mean, the, the stamina is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few moments I liked uh, in terms of some some things that are you know we've all seen so many cage matches before. Um, I quite like the the thing with the the boot with the, mm-hmm. the thumbtacks in it.
1: Yeah, j- um, j- just on that. So um, the bucks of. The Bucks and, and Omega and the Elite people, they've got this um, backstage YouTube show called Being the Elite. Um, and it's kind of like a video blog type thing. Wherever they go uh, after every um, after every week, there's a, a Being the Elite and it's following them about the camcorder. Um, and basically every week they go and buy Nikes, they go and buy Jordans. Um, so that that's kind of playing into that, that you know, like these hardcore fans will know that they're always buying different types of Jordans and all that.
0: Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, it's it's so difficult in matches like this to get something you haven't seen before or haven't seen a version of before. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was a, a nice twist of this hasn't been done. Nobody's seen it. Um, at first, I, I wasn't sure exactly what was going on when, you know someone came out and and threw the bag into the cage and um, and then they they pulled the boot out with the the
1: tacks attached there i just thought it was a, a nice touch something a little bit different it's cool and and uh, it was matt jackson that was wearing it he hits a super kick on ray phoenix and it sticks to his mask yeah again just a nice little a nice spot different. In it, something something a bit different uh, yeah um, we never mentioned we've got Don Callis on commentary here who we are seeing in nineteen ninety eight as the Jackal. Um do, do you make that, that connection, I? Do you yes. know that? Um yeah, he's he's a, <laughs> he's an interesting character.
0: I think he had he been on Impact as well. He, aye, aye, Impact he was guy? I
1: think he was he was certainly on the commentary team. I think he was maybe head booker on, on mm-hmm. Impact. So um it's uh, we, it seems like not that what was it some of our ninety eight
0: stuff he's been the jackal um mm-hmm. that that we've been watching through and he's obviously I, I i didn't know whether he'd faded into the wilderness for quite a while and then then come back but he's uh he's certainly prominent now
1: i really it's it's quite because if you make the connections like it feels like the jackal is like carne behaviour um, mm-hmm. with like the plastic gemstone on his forehead and all that um, mm-hmm. and it's almost like he's trying to pull the wool over his eyes and that's his whole gimmick now is like he's this sort of carny type character um, and Christian's delighted that's almost Christian's new catchphrase Don Callis is a carny piece of shit <laughs> um, and he's healing it up big style and Shivani eventually says "Like you're full of shit i really like that yeah um there's
0: there's a few i've written down a few moves uh that i quite like there's one i don't know how to describe this one it's basically a pile driver where uh the other teammate comes off the rope and i think does it is it is it he kicks down on the, the person's head or the person's feet or something driving them down to the mat um, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I remember watching and thinking that was awesome.
1: Yeah, um, he kicks off him and lands on the other, on
0: yeah, the other tag it. team
1: partner. with he's back. Yeah, yeah. it's um, really—they're just really both both teams. The innovation, um the stuff that they're doing is so—you know—like we're obviously grizzled veterans of watching this stuff, and to see stuff that you've never seen before is pretty cool. Yeah, there was there was one. One bit that annoyed
0: me a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. I know what you're uh, going to say. <laughs> I
0: wonder if you do, but... Uh, uh, yeah. So there's a, there's a point where one of the the Lucha brothers climbs to the top uh, of the cage. Yeah. Um, he, I think, gets followed by one of the backs and, and kicks him down. Um, so there's basically him on the top, his partner and the two backs down in the ring and he does a, a flying crossbody uh, off the top, and this seems to totally destroy the two backs, but his partner's fine. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah like, Penta just, just rolls backwards and gets straight back up, doesn't he? Yeah,
0: just just a little thing that it did me, given they all took the exact same impact. <laughs> but yeah, but it's fine. I wouldn't I th- I dwell on it.
1: I thought you were going to say the bit where they were all standing in a circle, exchanging chops and super uh-huh. kicks. yeah. Um, it's <laughs> it's a wee bit hokey, but like given what we've already seen, you can kind of just. You, I, I think you're probably lost in it a wee bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like you say, Phoenix goes off the top with the flying cross body, up, grabs one of the bucks. They do this sort of uh, twist and spike pile driver type manoeuvre. Um, yeah,
0: I, I like the look of that. I, 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 what I wrote was it was like a tag team pedigree type mm. move mm-hmm. um and i also really like the fact that when they went for the cover the the other lucha is holding off no. the because that, that's just logical and yeah. it, it doesn't happen far too often um uh, but it's, of course it's what you would do uh, stop the other guy from breaking the pin so i, I like that because it's, it's just logic
1: Oh for me I also liked the fact that this was a steel cage match, but the only way to win was pin or submission. There was no Yeah, you know, relying on the hokiness of climbing out the cage, getting mm-hmm. up the top, oh, is he gonna climb out? All that sort of stuff. They were in the cage and there was only that real one. The very, very start the Bucks made like they were gonna climb out. Um, yeah. and then Phoenix went up the top <laughs> and that, that was the only time. Um I think, in years gone by and other matches that we've seen that would have featured a lot more heavily of climbing up, trying to get away, all that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, no, I I liked that as well. When it it was announced at the start that that was the only way to win, I thought that was quite important too because, you know, people... I imagine this AEW show had more eyes on it than any other AEW show there's ever been. Mm. Um, People are used to watching another promotion, WWE matches... You can win by climbing out, so I, I, I thought it was it was good to point that
1: out for for the sake of the audience. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think I think go out your way to try and see this match. It's it's a spectacle. Um, I think it's the best way to describe it. Some some incredible yeah. moves. It's nice to see tag teams that are proper tag teams and do tag team move tag team yeah. moves together. Yeah, as well. definitely because that it feels like that's. Uh,
0: that's not really been a big factor for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Not not something that's been certainly heavily promoted on a card anyway. Um, and it's not down to the the lack of talented teams. It's just they, they they don't get the exposure. They don't get the you know most tag teams in WWE aren't on a pay-per-view and yeah. um, so yeah no it was it was good to see some of that i like seeing i
1: loved the rockers and the heart foundation you know people that did moves as a team and mm-hmm. um, so it's good to see some of that and and aw have got got so, so the whole sort of concept behind this um the fact that the lucha bros got the uh, the title shot was that they won a tag tournament over the course of a couple of weeks okay. um so so are really deep with their tag teams as well, you've got FTR, which is the, who were the revival mm-hmm. uh, in WWE um, you've got Santana and Ortiz who are aligned with Jericho Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus that we saw at the end um, yeah. Luchasaurus was the one that looked like a dinosaur mm-hmm. that, never mind, that was supposed to be a joke um, I, got, I got it, I got it. Um, <laughs> who else? And oh, they've got Jungle Bri- Boy is Sorry, Jungle go- Boy the, the actor's
0: Luke Perry's son, yeah. Yeah, Luke Perry's son,
1: yeah. Um, You've got Brian Pillman Jr.'s uh, tag team diversity, Blondes, as well. Like They've got a really deep tag team division, which is refreshing. Yeah, that's definitely good. Um, And I think a really good way of offsetting this craziness was to to go into this women's casino battle royal as well. Um, Yeah.
0: Um, can I just take another break? Sorry,
1: <laughs> really sorry, I'm bursting for the loop. That right. That's another phone call for the Accuser from Adam. They take <laughs> the shit seriously, Adam. <laughs> uh, so we were just about to jump into the women's casino battle royal. Um, what well, I'd never seen a casino battle royal before. I quite liked the concept. Um, it was like a a good way of doing a Royal Rumble <laughs> without calling it a Royal Rumble. Um, what do you think of it?
0: I was a bit confused for part of it. I couldn't like. I'd never seen it before. I'd never really heard. I knew they'd had the matches before, uh, or that sort of structure of match before. Um, so I assume everyone's like allocated a suit, mm-hmm. and then when you know it's your suit, everyone who has that suit comes out. So. Um, I was trying to get my head round round that idea. It was probably, if I'm being honest, the match I was least invested in. Yeah. Um, now it's I, I feel a bit harsh because I've just really enjoyed the Britt Baker match, and mm-hmm. whoever wins this is is going to be the number one contender. And um, so I, I felt like I should be a bit more invested in it, but um, I, I found the you know the concept interesting enough i think not knowing who the vast majority of their performers were probably did have a factor uh play a play a part anyway um these type of matches are always a bit of a mess there's you know a lot going on it's hard to focus on any one individual thing that's going on i think it's what um, it's better than a basic battle Royale because you don't have everyone in at once. Yep. Because then it's it's impossible. You, it's you uh, and,
1: silly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so it's it's obviously a way they've come up with to structure that better to to try and stagger who's in at any given time. And um, I mean, it was it was fine. It was it was entertaining enough. It probably just didn't grab me as much as anything else that was that was on the card.
1: Was there anybody that stood out to you that you thought? Before Ruby Soho came out, was there was anybody that stood out that you thought they might win this? Um, I I, I could tell they were making quite a big deal of Thunder
0: Rosa, mm-hmm. um, who I don't know the name, but it was the, the 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 largest performer that they had in the match. She she eliminated her um, Nyla Rose, I think that sounds right. Yeah, um, so that that puts her over to an extent, and she was I think the the last one. Eliminated. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, she she was probably the the other one that felt like they were. Um, I suppose it stays totally different from a rumble, but you you put over more than one person in the match. She would be the other one that that I thought stood out, the
1: cane of the of the yeah. match. Right? Yeah, <laughs> um, I think I like the concept of the Joker in in this match, yeah. but at the same time you're almost. You're almost shown your hand to to play into the um, the theme. You're almost shown your hand, especially when it's a surprise and it's someone mm-hmm. brand new like that. That you're saying they'll probably win it. Um, yeah, it's a bit like drawing number thirty in the rumble sort of thing. Yeah, um, they would. They would kind of have
0: to once or twice have that person not win it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is, is quite a tough gig for whoever it is because it, it almost buries them to an extent because yeah. they should have
1: every advantage. A bit like um, Baron Corbin cashing in his money in the bank <laughs> and losing. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a, a, a lovely sort of welcome for Ruby Soho. She got a good ovation for the crowd. They were chatting for her before she even came out. Yeah. Um, I thought they kicked the arse at the finish. I was just like, oh, come on. You know, they were <laughs> The pair of them were on the, the side of the apron forever. Yeah, um, it reminded me a little bit. I think this happened between Bianca Belair and um, what was the name of the the big tall girl with the short hair in WWE? Oh, Completely I know exactly who you mean. She was she was champion until fairly recently. Ah, yeah I'll come back to us. Um, yeah. but it was a bit reminiscent of that. Like, yeah, we get it. Like you're in, uh-huh. you're in. Uh, you're in trouble here but yeah I think she was always going to win it and yeah I don't, I don't really have a, a massive opinion on, on on seeing her go on to fight Britt Baker but I, I would watch it Mhm. Um yeah I don't uh, I, I, I don't know if it's I don't like the
0: idea of them ever taking the belt off Britt Baker now <laughs> having watched what I watched obviously you have to at some point but I didn't watch and think, oh, that's somebody they could put
1: the belt on. That yeah. didn't give me that feeling. I see. Same. We'll see what happens. Yep. Um, okay, so here, so so the next match is, is MJF versus Jericho. Um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of backstory to this match. Um, I can't remember if they gave you a package before it. They probably did though. Yeah they did They've spent a lot of TV time On these two Shock horror Jericho Um, Yeah they've spent a lot of TV time On these two They've had three matches previously Which MJF has all won Um, Obviously the big stipulation here is FMJF wins Jericho It's funny that he didn't say retire But he won't wrestle in (laughs) AEW again Yeah Yeah the fact that MGF has won three matches suggests that you know where it's going, but mm-hmm. um yeah I'm just curious, because you've
0: watched a little bit of the T V and I know you've not been on it for all that long, going into this, did you
1: believe MGF could win, given what the stipulation was? Um only if it was a hockey finish that had some way of Jericho getting out of retiring. Okay. Um, when he put his leg on the rope I thought Aye. Yeah. Okay. Um For me this is booked upside down and this might this might be a completely different episode to speak about it, but this feels completely booked upside down. I think it would have made more sense if the heel has been beaten three times, is still moaning about it and said, Right, I want one final go at you. And, you know, maybe the face says, well, I've beaten you three times. If you beat me, you re- you can retire me because I don't believe you can beat me. The, the heel goes over and, you know, like the young heel goes over. Mm-hmm. It's all upside down to me. I feel like, yeah. I, I don't know how much influence Jericho has in booking, but I feel like a lot of this is an ego trip for Jericho. The fans singing his music. He's getting so much TV time. I think he was a a brilliant flag bearer for them when he signed mm-hmm. for them and in, in that first year or whatever, um, yeah. Uh, the, the rumor is that he's going off on a world tour with Fozzy. This seemed like a really, like nothing in wrestling is forever. You you can get out of these things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Ric Flair retired about
1: twenty times. <laughs> um, there's yeah. just there's a lot of eyes on this pay per view, given mm-hmm. MJF the rub. And giving him an opportunity to climb the ladder to the next level for me would have made a lot more sense. But that's my own, my own gripe.
0: Okay. Yeah. It, it, it's my first time seeing MGF. Um. I really like him, but you know, in in the sense that he is the heel and he's he's a total dick. But, <laughs> that's his, uh,
1: that's his gimmick. He's a dick. Yeah.
0: Um. I mean, what what I've written in my notes was uh the MGF intro has Jericho's last match going up on the screen, which I really like. How good is that? Yeah. In the countdown. And then, and then uh, that he's I've just written MGF is an arrogant bastard and I love it. <laughs> he's he's winding up the fans as he walks down to the ring. Um and I, I wasn't sure what uh, like what type of performer he would be either, uh, just having never seen him before. Because um, he's he's quite or he's certainly in this match it was quite methodical mm-hmm. he's quite like map based uh performer um they reference that he's he's got three the three wins over Jericho previously uh, the commentators are really putting it over, saying that you know one mistake three seconds could cost Jericho's career so I like jericho saying
1: that that made, yeah. that made a lot of sense.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it really sells how, how high the stakes are. Um, the, the, the match is so much more about story than it is about, you know, the in-ring yep. content. And that's, that's the way it, it's, it's been built and it's, it makes sense to be that way. Yeah. Um, just having watched it and having not followed the TV and things like that, it does feel like a bit of a missed opportunity. It 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 looks and feels like this is your biggest show, this is your most eyeballs. Um you could put him over, you could put the young guy over, you could find a way to do it. Um maybe even had they done the you know, Jericho goes off, does his tour comes back but doesn't come back to WTV. goes back to Impact TV goes and wrestles in Japan and stuff like that yeah. and then you find a way from there to get him back on if yep. that's what you what you need to do and they could have made all that work so it's, it does feel like a little bit of a missed opportunity
1: um, yeah I agree you, you could have stuck them in the um, what was it Edge Christian dressed up as that type was it Conquistadors oh, or something yeah. <laughs> they, weren't, they, were, they weren't supposed to get um, they weren't supposed to get a title shot To the Hardys yeah. I think So they dressed up as like something else With masks on well, and it.
0: Christian's there, why is he not suggesting this exactly. saying He could have been saying I've still got the costumes You can do this
1: <laughs> um, I'm sure Hogan did that as well Did he not, did he not dress as like the Patriot or something
0: Oh, I think so. Uh,
1: Ric Flair did it as did well. It? I can't remember what he
0: he called himself to, to to get a match against Sting. I think when he was never Class. supposed to get another
1: one. Yeah. Um, I think uh, MJF's a bit of a, a throwback. Um, from from his heel gimmick to his in ring work. Mm-hmm. I I really like coming. Um, like you said, a good opportunity. I, I mean, he gets over regardless. He's in a match with Chris Jericho. If you're Brand new to this, and this is your first show, you're buying it because CM Punk's on it. Then, this guy mm-hmm. that's putting up a class fight with Chris Jericho, you, you know, like you, you're you probably interested anyway, but
0: yeah, you'll notice him. Um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, and then what What
0: did you make of the uh, foot on the rope finish?
1: Um, like I say, I thought that that might have been it, and if that had been it, I think I'd have been all right with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there was logic to it, and I like the logic part of uh, Aubrey Edwards, the referee, missed it because there'd been that brawl outside with um, Mm -hmm. Wardlow and and Jake Hager. Yeah. Um, But also, the senior official had come down to to run them off. So he was at ringside. So he was able to say, I saw what happened. I like all that logic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, for that point of view, it wasn't just a. Well, restart the match because who says so? Sort of thing. Yeah. It, it all made sense for that point of view, so I think I was all right, but
0: yeah, um, that was Jake Hager. That's who that was. It's one of those where I thought I recognised that guy, yeah. um, and then I thought, who is it? I couldn't I couldn't quite get my get the name to to come out, but um, yeah, I thought it was all fine from that point of view. I think if we do look at it as Maybe on a big show, the wrong guy going over that, that's fine. You know, it it happens. Um, it definitely made me think that this is a guy to keep an eye on who's gonna go to the top. And mm-hmm. um, I think they, they, did they say he's like in his mid twenties? Ah,
1: he's like 26 or something,
0: which is incredibly young for, mm-hmm. for a guy to be having a match like this on a show like this. Yeah. Um, so
1: yeah, he's, he should have a, a hell of a career ahead of him. He's, um, He's one of these guys that stays in character the whole time. So um, you'll see photos on the internet of like kids taking photos with them, and he's giving them the finger right in their face. (laughs) Um, Somebody had tweeted tweeted him a photo of their kid with him, and uh, you know, like the kid looked about, I don't know, six or seven or something like that. His reply was, "Is it too late to abort?" Oh my god! He just does things (laughs) like that all the time. I think. when Brody Lee's uh, young son was featured heavily on the programme, you know, like he was saying stuff like, fuck that kid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's brilliant. Wow. Uh, like, you, you just don't get characters like that, I don't think, anymore. I think that's what mm-hmm. helps him stand out. So uh, yeah. I could see him and Punk doing something. Him and Brian mm-hmm. as well. Uh, yeah. It'd be good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, after the restart... MJF goes for his arm, but so, sorry, going back before that, there was a couple of moves um, that I really quite liked. There was a really well, they exchanged code breakers, um, flying code breakers at that. I thought they were both really impressive. Yeah. Um, there's a point where Jericho is on the top rope and he's got MJF sitting. And he's doing the punches and he goes for Hurricane Rana. And it gets reversed in this really awkward-looking sort of pop-up power bomb type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really like that. It looked brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Yep. Um, but I once Jericho gets his foot on the rope for the finish. Um, MGF goes for his armbar. It's called Salt of the, the Salt of the Earth, um, and this is reminiscent of their match on Dynamite, where MGF got him to tap out. He got the armbar. Jericho reversed it. Into a like a small package type pin, he pulled him all the way back and got back on. And Jericho tapped, Um but this time Jericho manages to roll back through, and get the walls of Jericho, and MJF taps. So yeah. pretty good storytelling for that point of view, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Jericho uh, wins, and we oh, have to uh, sing his song and stuff. Yeah, I
0: thought he he did uh, quite a good job of looking quite emotional about it. Jericho, um, having having got the win that saved his career. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I didn't realise he was actually going going to be off the scene for a while, which does kind of changes my thoughts on it a little bit. <laughs> I just keep thinking of the opportunities that were then there. Mm. I get it if you want him on your TV because, you know, a, along with some of the the new arrivals, he's in terms of name recognition, he's one of the biggest stars they've got. Um, so that I, I, I do get that, but. Yeah, there was maybe a an opportunity
1: to do something there. I suppose at least if he is taking time away, then out of sight, out of mind for MGF, and you can push him into something else, and you don't have mm-hmm. that lingering thing of like that he got beat by Jericho, sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean he can still come out and say, well, he won three. Yeah, mm, that's He's, true. If if there's any any question about it in the absence of Jericho, if he he won three matches, so. that's
1: true. Yeah. Um. Which takes... I mean, this pay-per-view is just like match after match. Um, When I was looking at it uh, on paper... um, the, the kind of uh, one-on-one match, one-after-one-after-one, one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. I wondered how it might lend itself, but I, it definitely doesn't have any sort of detrimental effect to what you're watching, I don't think.
0: Well, one of the biggest things I noticed is, aside from the, the video packages, and I think there's like one interview somewhere in there, um, there isn't the you know backstage segments and things like that. It, it is just excuse me, one match to another and to another and to another mm-hmm. um, and you know they've I can't remember how many matches there actually were but everything getting like you mentioned earlier, well, apart from one, almost everything got a pretty good length of time mm-hmm. uh, allocated to it and it's um, it's something you, you wouldn't really see in WWE um, I think they're, they're of the view that short attention spans and people lose interest and things like that but
1: it, it worked. It really worked on this show. Yeah, it did. Um, and, and yeah, from this one-on-one sort of built-up match, we go into another one. And probably the reason we're doing this episode, to be fair, um, the return after seven years of CM Punk to the squared circle, taking yeah. on Darby Allin um, without Sting in his corner. Sting had said he's going to come out. What, what he actually said... Um, Was he was going to come out Fist his partner and then go back To the (laughs) locker room Um, Maybe that's why Darby Jumped on his skateboard immediately And and flew down just in case (laughs) The Stinger got any ideas But um, Yeah obviously it's face versus face Um, And and Sting's Come away to to kind of give them The opportunity just to go one on one Which I quite like Um, We get a really weird video package type thing where yeah. we have darby in a helicopter with a body bag and he jumps out of the helicopter
0: yeah was a little bit I weird. didn't really know what was going on there <laughs> what 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 I've written in my notes was there's a video package did he put punk in a body bag and then jump out of the helicopter darby allen seems a bit of a character
1: yeah
0: um, so I don't I don't really know anything about him um, I'd heard the name I'd never seen a match I don't think um, and yeah I, I didn't know I know he's affiliated with Sting but I didn't
1: know like what his character is his character's kind of like if I could try and describe it his character's kind of like depressed cool millennial daredevil who is straight edge likes skateboarding and takes lots and lots of risks kind of like like a like a like a tranquilized jeff Hardy okay okay that
0: makes sense
1: <laughs> um he does crazy stuff um he's been putting body bags and thrown downstairs in matches crazy stuff mm. crazy okay. stuff um so yeah i re- okay. i really like him And I think, you know, like Punk said something like, if if I was a teenage boy, Darby Allen would be my favourite wrestler. Right. It definitely gives off that sort of vibe.
0: Yeah. Um, There there were a few things, yeah, I wasn't sure what to make of the the pre-match video and all that, but in match, there's a, a, it's kind of weird seeing Punk as being, you know, the veteran, the slowing down the pace. Yeah. The uh, the the sort of match general that he was being in this match, because they they talk up the unpredictability and the speed of Darby Allen. Yeah. Um. And the things that that kind of stood out to me was, he's really explosive. Like yeah. some some of the moves, the the speed that he does them. He he doesn't seem to be too concerned about potentially doing himself any any damage or any harm. Um. He's yeah, just like the speed and explosiveness of everything that he did was, was pretty eye-catching.
1: Yeah, I love that as well. And you know, I said he'd had a match with Miro. Um and, and you imagine imagine the sort of difference between the body sizes and uh, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. That was how he was able to sort of get any sort of um offensive on Miro was that that speed is unbelievable. I love the way he does yeah. that, he flies into them. In the mm-hmm. corner or, or the the dive, the dive, suicide dive uh, it, it makes it believable that he could hurt somebody much bigger than him Because of the way that he throws himself about
0: Yeah, yeah
1: um, Like for me this match, I was a little bit worried that this match might be They might just use Derby and have Punk throw him about the place And, and basically it'd be a sort of bump fest Okay um, it wasn't at all. It was it was like an old school wrestling match. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was it was really good. Um,
0: I thought it it lended itself to the story when they're talking about Punk. You know, potentially being a bit rusty. There's you know a lot of years since he last wrestled a match. He is the guy trying to keep the pace low, which makes sense against an opponent that's so fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but maybe also real-life suited punk a little bit to to let himself ease in because he's, he's dictating some of the pace early on with, you know, some um, sort of stalling moves and things like that. And it it, it made sense doing it in that scenario. Um, and they've got, you know, him showing some veteran moves like there's a point where, I don't know if they use this phrase, but it's, a, it's an old classic, he's playing possum. Mm. Um, and just the sort of the realisation that the the ring awareness and the ring smarts are still there and things like that.
1: Yeah, I really like that. There, right towards the end, Darby went for his coffin drop, um, which is when he dives from the top rope backwards uh, and just lands on them. And the the timing, <laughs> the timing of the way that Punk sat up like The Undertaker was brilliant. And Punk sits <laughs> up and just he's just like laughing. <laughs> I don't know if he's laughing because he's saying like I got you or mm-hmm. if he's I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's just laughing at the crowd or something, but I really like that he's and definitely think, playing that veteran that like you see. Yeah.
0: Said. And that kind of thing works quite well with his character. Like it, it it almost that I noticed that laughing as well and I'm thinking it doesn't really matter what way he means it because it it, it kind of works on a few different levels. Yeah. Um yeah, it, it's just some sort of nice little nuances that, that were in there
1: um, and someone on Instagram very impressively pulled together some little clips from this match and compared them with the match Quite a f- would you say it's an, a famous match or would you say it's like a sort of underrated classic match um, that Brett had with the one, two, three 2 3 kid uh, oh, yeah. years and years ago Um Yeah
0: I I remember I think it is referenced quite a lot Um, and I think also the fact that at the time I think Brett was champion or certainly Uh in that mix and there was a a feeling that I've heard this come up quite a lot a veteran can either choose basically to give uh, his his very much under opponent um, a lot or not a lot and there's you know a right way to do it and a not so right way to do it because you know Brett's going to win the match but he kind of made one uh, one two three kid look like a star mm-hmm. um, and I think it's a weird one because you sometimes hear about the top tier talent being criticised for giving an opponent too much because they're supposed to look dominant and strong but you can make a guy by doing it oh, it, course, it doesn't absolutely. need to win the match yeah. you, you can
1: make him I, th- I think that's exactly what what Punk's done here, that like you've mm-hmm. obviously never seen Darby Allen before, I'm, I'm guessing you'd be quite interested to see what he does next. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think, um, you know, this This whole show behind uh, Britt Baker, he's probably the person that I hadn't seen before that I'm most keen to see again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very curious, like, career-wise what happens with MJF, but any any match that Darby Allen was announced as being in and do you think oh, all I, I want to see that
1: yeah. and and like having haven't seen him with Miro I've seen him uh, wrestle Keith Lee before as well um I think you can put him in with anybody and and he can do the things that he does because yeah because of that speed factor that unpredictability and also that yeah. that clearly like I, I don't really give a shit about my body like that bump that he took where he he landed in between the two turnbuckles and hit himself off the the, yeah. the, uh, the ring pole. was ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I wasn't... Um, I felt like the the announcers were kind of conflicted. It seemed like Chavoni really wanted to sell that that happened. Uh, and uh, I don't know if it was JR or Excalibur were a wee bit more like... Uh, Let's not talk about that because that might not be too, too uh, clever. What he's just done?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them seemed to be suggesting he banged his head, and another one was saying he hurt his, his back or something, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> that's a yeah. bit funny. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, I th- I don't think I-, I wouldn't say there's there's huge highlights in this match. I just I think it's a really good wrestling match, really well paced, yeah. um, and I think if Punk has come in. To put over some of these younger talents and to highlight them, he's done it. They've 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 done it perfectly there.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, and I, I know that is something he indicated that he, he wanted to do, wasn't it? He, mm-hmm. he wanted to work with the young talents. Um, he wanted to help people get over. Um, he it, it came across as a very competitive match. There's a lot of reversals when when people are like, I think Punk must go for the the GTS about three times yeah. before he actually hits it. Um I think he he hits it twice doesn't he Cause he, he hits it once and Allen the uh, derby Allen rolls to the the outside
1: he falls at uh, the ring aye
0: yep. um but yeah
1: it it came across as a very competitive match definitely definitely I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it I, I feel like I feel like it it was one of it's one of those matches that that could probably disappoint because it's so built up yeah. um but to me I, I don't think it could have been any better yeah, really enjoyed indeed. it. Um, so from from that we go to our co-main event. <laughs> Not really, oh, but wow, uh, <laughs> we go to the the feud between No More BS Paul White uh, against QT Marshall or QT Marshall as he likes to be called. Got a bit of the old high synth bouquets going on there. <laughs> um, wasn't one that I was really looking forward to. I, to be honest, I, I, I had visions of just fast-forwarding through this, yeah. um, but having watched it live, I did not hate it at all. I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it was fine. It
0: was... I didn't know QT Marshall. Um, it, was, it was a wee bit like a... It wasn't a squash. It went on a little bit longer than a squash, but it was basically... Uh, Paul White dominating from, from the beginning. Um, I, I, I must be honest, I don't really have any interest in watching Paul White wrestling anymore. Um, I think much as, I've mentioned it a couple of times about other match types and things like that. It is a squash, it's a quick match, it's a dominant match, but again, there's only one of them on the show, so it's fine. Okay. Um, and I think... I assume they're going to use Paul White in a very, very much a special attraction type role. It's not like he's going to be in-ring work in every show. Um, (laughs) I I don't think he should be or needs to be. I think there was every indication that he wanted to be active in-ring again, uh, which is fine. I just hope they don't overdo it.
1: Yeah, no, I I think... That's exactly what we'll do with him I think he's been on one of their YouTube shows. He's been a commentator on one of their YouTube shows. um, but he's had this thing with Q t Marshall and like it it plays into the Q t. Marshall gimmick of like just he's a bit like a bit like what you said about m j f. He's just a bit of a dick mm-hmm. um and he started poking the bear and yeah, he got what 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 comes with doing that? Mm-hmm. Um the only thing. There was there's was something a bit funny with uh, Paul White and what sorry, hold on two seconds. There we go. Sorry, I had to do a COVID test and I'm coughing. Um <laughs> Aye, so on on the Dynamite or the Rampage, don't know which one, before this, um Paul White had beat up Marshall and his buddies, the factory, I want to say these factions called. Um and then Billy Gunn and his two sons, Austin and the other gun, um the Gun Club, um, came down and they'd played up this thing as like, oh, they've got a long-term friendship and all that. Then Billy Gunn had hit them with a chair and <laughs> Tony Schiavone referred to Billy, or Excalibur maybe, look at Billy Gunn and his scumbag sons. <laughs> like literally two seconds ago they were lovely lads they've not done anything it's just that their dads hit this guy with a chair um, yeah, he's uh, an
0: emotional guy Tony <laughs>
1: and I think I thought that that might play into it it didn't play into it at all which I was pleasantly surprised about I think this three minute match was exactly what was the right thing to do after Punkin and, and Darby if we went straight into the main event it may have been a little bit exhausting so
0: yeah, I think you, there's that thing, you, you kind of need to cool the crowd down a little bit before you you bring them up again. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a wee bit harsh if you're the person in that match, but it's the right type of match to do it with.
1: Yeah, totally. I think it did its job, and that's probably why it was there in the first place. Yeah. Um, we go from that into uh, a coked-up John Moxley promo, um, hyping his match with... Minoru Suzuki On a Dynamite This week um, We jump from that Straight into A Malachi Black Promo Who yeah. um, Has got this sort of thing Going on with The Nightmare Family Which is Cody Rhodes' Faction He, he went after Cody He Kicked the shit out Of Brock Anderson that is, Which is um, Arn Anderson's Son Okay um, He knocked out Arn Anderson As well Which is maybe a bit harsh mm-hmm. Malachi Oh. Um, and he's now got a match with Dustin Rhodes on Dynamite this week, so that was just hyping that up. Um, that that be your first time seeing him? What do you think of his little promo there?
0: Yeah, um, there was a. I think you maybe sent me it. There was like a a video when he was coming in where, the was it like he he didn't what had happened in the last few years wasn't real. And oh was like, yeah, he was
1: yeah, quite like that. that is, in an asylum or something like that.
0: Yeah, I didn't know kind of where he was going from there, what what they were going to do with him. He again, we talked about uh, when we were talking Miro, people who were kind of underused, undervalued uh, he would go into that category as well and I'm just hoping they can, they can use him properly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I feel like him and Andrade are fairly similar, and that they were underutilized, and they're really good characters. Mm-hmm. Um, th- so far, they've been using him really well. I think he's a really creative guy, and, um, a bit like Bray Wyatt in that respect. Mm-hmm. That he uh, seems to come up with a lot of his own stuff.
0: Right, that's encouraging.
1: <laughs> um, so that takes us to our main event, our boy. Captain Charisma himself, Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship. Um, This is a rematch of a match they had two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, um, which was for the Impact World title, which Christian won, um, which was a big deal because Omega's been uh, undefeated for a fairly long time now. Um, and he's very much built as the centrepiece of AEW. Um, Yeah, what what did you think of all this? There's a lot going on here, but what what did you think of this?
0: So in terms of the actual match, um, I'm very happy that the Christian looked competitive all the way through. Um, I'd seen, I think it was just the closing stages of the previous match, um which looked excellent it was just really well done i got the impression that was maybe a better in ring just match than this was um certainly the way it kind of culminated to a finish seemed seemed really well done uh, i like the the sort of mantra that they're given to christian was it outwork everyone mm-hmm. i think it was um I thought that there was some some good moments. I've got a, a you know Christian hitting a couple of spears for a, for a two fall, uh, two count. I've got uh, Christian going for a frog splash. Omega getting the knees up. Just some you know old school. Uh, is, that, is that referred to as old school now? It probably is. Given when they, when I was watching them when they were doing things like that. Hmm. Um, you've got people both of them on each side selling injuries. I think with Christian it's ribs. <laughs> Um, Omega was at his back, yeah. I think. Um, which again, I like. It gives a match a, a focal point. It gives somebody mm-hmm. something to attack. Um, there was a, a, a couple of kicks and knees that Omega gave Christian that I think for one, they, they sold it as Christian's knocked out. It did look like, uh, it, it had the look and feel of a pretty brutal one. Um, which, which was good. I've never, I haven't seen an awful lot of Omega previously. I think I've I've definitely seen him before. Uh, I can't remember where or, you know, w- what the matches were or anything. It could have even been years ago. He just, as soon as I saw him, I thought, I've seen this guy. Right. But he wasn't at the level he's at now. Mm-hmm. I think at, at the time... Comedy would be the wrong word, but I think he was doing a bit more silly stuff right. in matches at the time, um, whereas now, very much being sold as the best, um, and you know, I think the commentators refer to him as as the best, and you know the fact nobody can touch him and things like that. So the fact that they'd given Christian the win for the Impact belt um, means that you know it, it gave a little bit more emphasis to this to this it. match. Yep. Um and the the reference is the only guy that's actually beat him for a very long time. Um, yeah, I I I enjoyed it. I thought it was quite a good contest in ring. Uh, and then we've got uh, the sort of it's Don Callis, isn't it, calling for help at a point, and then the 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 deck being stacked a little bit, and um the the guys you mentioned previously is it Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy
1: mm-hmm.
0: coming out to to try and help, but. It, I thought it was it was fine, it, it, decent match, pretty good in ring work, and then it becomes clear as you get to the end where all this is is actually really heading.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like just going back to Omega, um, I think he's a little bit marmite as far as his characters concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you get people that absolutely love him. Um, I think you maybe get people that don't really get him. I think I'm still. I think I'm still warming up to what he's supposed to be. Um, Like he fits in, obviously, with the elite and the bucks, with that arrogance, which Mm -hmm. is obviously what he's going for. But there's this sort of goofy part that I'm not really sure that I get. Um, It's maybe just what I've been sold in the past and it's different. But I just feel like if somebody is as good as, like he's... His in ring ability is undeniable, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he is as good as what he's been sold as, I expect more of a, I don't know, sort of an, an above it all type attitude rather than this sort of silly, goofy, you know, like he, at one point he jumps off the apron and does that um, double foot splash on Christian and breaks the table. And then it's like, did I do that to the camera? Yeah, yeah. It's just all a bit silly. Yeah,
0: the special the the did I do that? I could have done without that. It kind of annoyed me a bit. Aye. Um but he's he's definitely. I I'm I trying to watch it for for what it was and not think because you know he's he's been buried by some people, um, some of the the more, you know the the Pritchards, the cornets just don't don't like him don't rate him thinks he doesn't take the business seriously um but i think that's maybe i think they're maybe looking at more historic things Mm -hmm. rather than what he is now because it's definitely more of a balance now Mm -hmm. um the as you say the in-ring work uh, and he's he's right up there with the best around um i thought that you know some of the exchanges they had there's um Christian goes for a top rope kill switch at a point. Um, Omega gouges his eyes. Christian gets up on his shoulders. Um, Omega hits the... What is it? One winged angel. Is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. Um, from the top rope to retain. I thought that was a nice sequence and all that. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. They, they seem to be putting over the, the kill switch quite strong. He did kick out a one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I assume... That was the move that put him away for the the impact title, wasn't it? Yeah, he did it on the chair. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um yeah, just the the closing sequence of that match, just from what I watched, I just found it a wee bit more interesting
1: than mm-hmm. this one. Yeah. I think um I that 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 uh, final little sequence with the the one the one winged angel off the top rope was pretty impressive. Um the one winged angel is probably the most protected finishing moving in pro wrestler. I, I think the whole story is that nobody's ever kicked out of it. Okay. Um, so the fact is makes it quite a big deal that he's felt that he has to do it off the top rope to Christian to put him away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that adds to a bit of gravitas to that. These, um, these snapdragon suplexes that he does, that he does, mm-hmm. uh, I find really impressive and yeah. brutal. Yeah. And you know, like, like a caring um, mother, uh, begin to worry about Christian <laughs> and his concussion issues, yeah. taking these knees and suplexes on the head, and uh-huh. um, yeah, it's a bit. I mean, I'm sure he's he's obviously fine to do it, but it just I suppose it adds in uh, uh, when you're watching it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think either of us would would feel ashamed for admitting Christian's kind of our guy, Um certainly one of our guys that we've we've uh, always enjoyed watching. Um definitely. Found him to be a, a really good all rounder. Um and I think uh, I hope they they keep him at a good level. Um I mean given the, the talent that's that's coming in and that's come in. It's probably tough to have him long term in a title pitcher, but even if he's, you know, the guy with the impact belt helping that get get over, yeah. you know, um I think there's a there's a big role for him there
1: definitely I genuinely think he looks better than he ever has I think Mm -hmm. a bit of age on him suits him yeah Um, and he looks 100% sort of main eventer Mm -hmm. Uh, no question there at all I don't think so yeah after all that Omega Omega wins and retains his title we then immediately get um, a little bit of an NWO style Mm. flood of the ring and a. beat down on Christian Um, and that's reminiscent of what's kind of been happening in the last couple of episodes of their TV where the Elite have basically been beating up Christian, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus come out and and are getting beaten up as well and that's um, exactly what happens here Yeah, Omega grabs the mic and says that there's what does he say nobody's on par with him the only people who would have a chance to beat him are either not here, retired or are dead and the lights go out and the whole point of them saying are dead is because on this being the elite programme before Adam Cole signed for NXT he was part of the elite and he was part of the Bullet Club um, and he was on that show and they killed him when he left to go to NXT Okay, and they had like uh. a funeral for him and all that. It's very silly, um, but that's the whole thing about him saying are dead. The lights like go out. We get this amazing Rage Against the Machine style uh, music, and the big Adam Cole baby uh, on the Titantron. It was a cool entrance. Yeah, um, and he's he's like mega over, isn't he?
0: Yeah. Um... <laughs> I know, like, I've, I've seen his work in uh, NXT. Um, he always felt like a guy that could have a big role on one of their um, A shows, but I don't know. Looking back, it's it's maybe a good thing that never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he has something about him. Um, and, you know, he's an excellent worker, obviously, but he, he kind of has something about him. That probably does play well into being a heel, so um, I think I think they've probably made the right move here. I did wonder to myself if they hadn't had the other big names coming in, would they have approached this
1: differently? But I think the way they went with it worked. Yeah, I think so as well. I think aye, if it had just been Cole coming out and hitting Jungle Boy, it might have been a bit of a bit feel a little bit deflating. Mm-hmm. Um But as he's squaring up to. To the elite, he hits Jungle Boy with a super kick, and they all hug. And Adams one of our best friends, and all that sort of stuff. I like when he grabs the the mic and says, "Who's ready for story time, with Adam Cole, baby?" <laughs> um, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. So. So Kenny is then about to to bid us good night and do all these things thing that he tends to do, and then, ride of the Valkyries hits. With some booty shaking <laughs> trap beat playing alongside it, <laughs> and uh, Brock Les, uh, no Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson yeah. comes out with his, uh, he he doesn't need to do anything, does he? He's just smiling at the crowd and uh, yeah. nodding his head to the beat, and they're going bananas.
0: Yeah, I was I was thinking, see when this happened, I I used to read, I can't remember what it was called. There was like a, a wrestling magazine years ago. And they always talked about this guy on the indies called Brian Danielson. And I was like, oh, I'd never seen his matches or anything. And I thought, oh, this this guy, they talk about him five-star matches everywhere all the time. I had just got used to the name Daniel Bryan. Hmm. So now I'm, I'm back to square one. I'm going to have to be trying to learn Daniel, uh, well, Brian <laughs> Danielson again. Um, I wasn't sure as well whether they would embrace the yes chants. I mean, they're going to happen. There's no there's no avoiding it. And then a, there was a, an interview I read by him saying that he doesn't know from a legal point of view whether there's any issues. Yeah. They probably can't create the same merch and things like that. But you can't stop a crowd that are just chanting yes. You know, yeah. what what
1: can you do about that? I didn't know. He uh, it didn't do the the fingers. It, mm-hmm. it was just hands in the air. Um uh you can't you surely can a uh you surely can a patent or have trademark on the word yes. I wouldn't have thought so. If you can I'm sure or if you can I'm sure WWE will try to. <laughs>
0: it's quite interesting because you've got you've got CM Punk who's come in and he's there's clearly still some betterness. You know, I saw something of him saying that he did actually have talks with WWE, but he felt like they were playing games. So he just pulled the plug. He oh, wasn't really? interested. Yeah. I think this was, did they say around December? Um, and he he, he, he approached it as, I don't need this. I don't need to do it, but I'll speak to them and see what they're saying. And the first thing he apparently said to them was, I'm not interested in any games. I want you just, you know, lay it out. Here's exactly how you would use me. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what freedom I would have, all that kind of thing. And then apparently he immediately started thinking, ah, that. This isn't for me. This isn't going to work. This, they're, they're saying one thing and then contradicting themselves and all that. So he's still got that hanging over him. Uh, Brian Danielson couldn't well be more respectful. He's, he's basically come out and said, I loved it there. They were so good to me. It was my dream. I just decided I wanted to do something different. I wanted less dates you know, I wanted to work with new people and it is mm. it's it's such a difference between the two of them and their, their their attitudes towards that. And I don't I don't think um Adam Cole buried the meaner. I think he just said he, he basically just wanted to go somewhere where he could work with people he knew yeah. and, and all that. Um but yeah Punk I think is still still carrying a bit of uh, feeling from everything that's
1: gone on. I think you can understand that with Punk. Um yeah. I think with both Brian and Cole coming out and saying that puts AEW over massively. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact that that Brian Danielson is saying that they offered him a good package, they offered him the opportunity to wrestle other places as well. Mm -hmm. Um, They've always looked after him. I think he talked about Vince being really protective of him um, with his concussion issues and all that. Um, But this is where I wanted to come. Yeah, I think it, he he still chose this, uh-huh. so it does. Yeah, it 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 puts it over definitely. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, like he was brilliant as when he got in the ring and started doing those yes kicks on um, on Nick Jackson, and then he hit him with a hellacious kick in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still smiling that smile. Yeah, and you see Adam like I could see an Adam Cole Daniel uh, Brian Danielson rivalry. You know, mm-hmm. like, you you overshadowed my big debut and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But love, love to see that.
0: Yeah, it should be really good. They're, they're a good match for mm-hmm. each other.
1: <laughs> um, and there's, I, I, I feel like now you could fantasy book to the cows, come home with all the different talent that AEW have got now, especially now that we've seen some of the other guys that we've maybe not seen before, like Eddie Kingston and, and Darby Allin and MGF mm-hmm. and, and guys like that, that yeah, their, their, their roster's deep. Yeah. Like you've got Andrade and Park was supposed to be on this that wasn't on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, oh, you've obviously got Malachi Black that we've talked about there. We've got all those tag teams that we've talked about. Uh, yeah, their rosters just as strong as the other side. Probably stronger. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I think in ring it's, it's if you exclude, in fact, whole package. If you exclude Lesnar and uh, Lesnar. What am I saying? If you exclude Roman Reigns, I, I don't think there's really anything on the WWE show that that competes with a lot that's here. Um, yeah, it's like I made a few notes to myself, just kind of summing up what I thought of it. Um, so a few things I'd mentioned before, where the the announcers are fully invested in each match while it's on. Um, there's a a lot of um, Variety, match to match. The storytelling in ring was really impressive. The wins and losses mattering, that matters to me. Um, and it feels like, to me, I feel like this was a show that kind of, th- they levelled up. It, it, it felt like they come out of this show, and you can look and say, yeah, the talent has improved because they brought in some some excellent talent. But people who are buying it, to see those talents are also seeing the guys they've never seen before, mm-hmm. so it, it just felt like the whole company kind of leveled up uh, compared to if you look at where they are after the show compared to where they were before it.
1: Absolutely, I love that. I love that. I was I was genuinely worried that that yeah, like from what we've spoke about on here, like you've you've probably made it pretty clear that you've fallen out of love with watching anything that's basically mm-hmm. current. Yeah. Um, and I've only really watched bits and pieces because my son's been watching it. Um, but yeah, I love to hear that. Do, do you feel like you you you're in love? You're in love, and you don't care who knows it. <laughs> Let
0: Let's not get carried away. Damn it! But um, I I'm I'm definitely not against the thought of of watching more. So, uh, that's a big change from where I am with WWE. <laughs> Um, cause I, I just don't want to see anything no. from there. Um, the, the only, the only reason that I, I use the the network is to watch old stuff, yeah. you know, and sometimes interviews, you know, and, and that type Broken of programming. sessions and stuff. Right? Yeah. But I mean, I think we've gone maybe three, the three last pay-per-views. I don't think I've watched. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're already basically bought and paid for, but I just don't have any enthusiasm for them no
1: it's a like chore this, a chore to yeah. watch like yeah. I, I think like I think a lot of the stuff that we've seen in this pay-per-view and leading up to it um, there's no swerve for swerve's sake there's no well it was the obvious thing to do so we didn't do it mm-hmm. the, there's more there's you, you more get like it was the obvious thing to do it's what the fans wanted so so we do it so we've done it Yeah. yeah uh, there's there's no that thing of, of trying to be above the fans. And it, it's probably a difference between Tony Khan being a fan and Vince McMahon being a businessman. Um, if you're comparing the two, um, it feels a bit like, a little bit like one of us getting a chance to, to fantasy book some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's got to be, it's a positive thing. The the other good thing is you're not getting pay-per-views every month either. You're getting four pay-per-views in a year. Mm -hmm. So you can properly build up and it means your TV counts for something as well.
0: Yeah, I
1: hope they're able to stick to that Mm -hmm. because,
0: you know, the more they grow, the more demand there may be for, uh, for an increase. But you would hope that they've... If they were planning to get to that level, I I imagine it'll be quite slow anyway. Um, But I noticed there was a... I think it was Jericho was saying that he believes within, I think, four to six months that AEW will beat uh, either SmackDown or Raw in the ratings. Right. And he was saying, I'm not saying we will then win every week. I'm saying... I believe the gap's closing and we will win a week, you know. Oh. And 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 that that would be huge, mm-hmm. you know, because it's it it's not that long ago that was unthinkable. It was unimaginable for any other wrestling show to get more viewers. So be interesting to see if that does happen. Um I hope they don't try to grow too quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the the pace they've been going at has been pretty good. I hope the guys that they've got that they're they're kind of, you know, their talents, the way I look at it, and talking about guys like MJF and, and Darby Allen, And, you know, they've obviously been elsewhere, but not on a major company. Um, I hope that they are able to keep them in, in prominent positions as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it almost feels like you just want them to slow down now and consolidate what they've got mm-hmm. and not now, you know, not then go Bray Wyatt, Um, what's his name, Bronze Stroke, you know, like. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that—that's where you—you you start tipping into. I, I think at the moment they're running a really um, good comparison with WCW. Maybe 1996 97 WCW. We mm-hmm. don't want nineteen ninety eight Hacksaw Jim Duggan on Thunder WCW. Yeah, yeah, no, don't
0: need that. And uh, you know, they haven't been signing every guy that's no, been released. No. So I'm I'm hoping that that they're applying that kind of logic to of. Like, who do we really want? Who's going to improve what we've got? Rather than, oh, people might know who that guy is. Let's sign him. Mm -hmm. Um, That
1: that wouldn't work long term. Nah. The the issue is, is that WWE keep releasing people that are good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a strange tactic right now. (laughs) Let's chuck them a few more bones. Let's Uh, uh, try and make it... uh, Like, it's not really an even contest um, financially clearly WWE you know like I'm sure AEW mean nothing to WWE from a financial point of view they're nowhere near mm-hmm. them but like in ring and what they're producing is just yeah I would say AEW are, are far ahead Mhm. Yep. Um agreed with a, a lot of potential so yeah maybe see you back in November for full gear
0: uh, I'm definitely not ruling that out ooh I like yeah. it oh, well yeah.
1: Excellent. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, it feels like a little bit of a, a, a not not a turning point, but yeah, a nice, a nice sort of moment. Yeah, in, in professional wrestling currently. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, enjoyed it. Excellent. Cool. Well, we'll um, we'll revert to to normal, um, back to normal business for our next episode. Episode twenty one will be on WCW. Remind me, Adam. Something cowboy oh, related. Gonna, Spring gonna Stampede? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll get back yep. to. Amazing that Paul White's on both those shows. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's that's really weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but this time he'll be climbing to try and get a, a baseball bat on a, on a. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. On a rope? My bad. We'd rather see him fighting QT Marshall. And a rematch mmm um. mm. mm. <laughs> yeah but until then I'm going to go and watch the end of All Out again I really awesome. I, I've, I've watched that twice now the end and I still got goosebumps when Daniel when Brian Danielson came out nice um, until until episode 21 we've been the middle aged outlaws and we'll, we'll see you for episode 21 cheers Adam thank you